0: Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah,
1: the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley,
2: And my name is June. Hi everyone.
1: If you've been with us the past week or so, and certainly including yesterday, you know we are in the midst of the appointed times of the Lord, the feasts of the Lord. All of them are spelled out in Leviticus chapter 23. We read that portion yesterday pertaining to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is what we've been talking about, Juni, throughout this week.
2: And you know, Shelley, I once asked the Lord, the Feast of the Lord, Lord, what are you feasting about? And <clears throat> it was a while later, Shelley, that I felt the Lord spoke to my heart that He's feasting and will feast throughout eternity for all that he's accomplished in and through the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus the Christ.
1: Amen, amen. And we also read from uh, Leviticus 16, and this week we're going to emphasize one aspect of the Feast of, of um, Atonement, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And two goats so is what we're going to emphasize all right, in Leviticus 16, it says, Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. So there was one goat that was offered as a sin offering. The other goat was not offered in that fashion because it says in verse 21 in, Exodus, in Leviticus 16, Then Aaron shall lay both of his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the sons of Israel and all the transgressions in regard to all their sins. And he shall lay them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands in readiness. Juni, it's incredible because these two goats, the sin offering and the scapegoat, is such an incredible picture of foreshadowing of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And we pray that every one of our listeners will get hold of this because we see the the completeness and the deliverance that the scapegoat represents for us. The priest confessed over it the iniquities, the transgressions, and the sins of the people. And that's why Jesus died for those three things. They were laid on his on the goat's head and were sent out into the wilderness. For a total cleansing for the people.
2: And Shelley, we need to remember that Jesus became a curse for us. He became like a sin for us yes. that we might become the righteousness of God. So he was a scapegoat for our sin. And it was his blood that atoned for our sin. And any Jew that died on a tree, it was a curse. So he became a curse for us right. that we might become the righteousness Hallelujah.
1: of God. Hallelujah. All right, so let's examine these three words, uh, transgression, iniquity, and sin. Because, Juni, those three comprise the, ba- the very nature, the very basic life that people who do not know the Lord have, unless we've been redeemed by the blood. We are in an unregenerate condition, living with transgressions, living in our in, in our iniquities, and living in sin.
2: And I think it's important to say here, Shelley. Why? Because when we were created uh, in uh, Genesis one twenty six, the Lord created us in His image and after His likeness. But something happened in Genesis chapter three when. Eve ate of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and gave it to Adam, and Adam chose Eve over God. By eating that fruit, we became fallen in our very nature, in our very being, because the Lord had said to Adam that he could eat of every tree in the garden but if he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day he would surely die. And you know, Shelley, he looked alive. He walked, he talked, but something died in him, and that was his spirit. And what comes alive when we come to the knowledge of Jesus and we ask him into our heart and life is our spirit comes alive because God himself quickens our spirit and comes to live within our soul so a man without the knowledge of God or without having, excuse me, the Lord himself living within his heart is filled with sin, transgression, and iniquity. God delivers us from that.
1: Amen. All right, let's look at these one at a time. The word transgression is, in Hebrew is peshah. And what it means is rebellion, trespass, transgression. And the word peshah, means to break away from. In other words, we broke away from the image that we should have been living in because of sin. Okay, the word sin means it means an offense. It comes from the Hebrew word chotor. In other words, it means to be led astray or to miss the mark. It's interesting. That's a vital definition of sin, to miss the mark. You can come close to the bullseye, but if you miss it, you're living in sin. And finally, the word iniquities. In Hebrew, it's ovon. It means to be perverse, to make crooked. David cried out that he was conceived in iniquity. We're all conceived in iniquity. And even though a baby must be, is probably so beautiful when they are very, very young, coming out of the mother's womb, but this child is living in sin and iniquities until that child becomes born again. So these words describe our human condition You know, you could read about it in Romans chapter 1 when Paul talks about the condition of humanity without knowing the Lord himself.
2: And you know, Shelley, when we look at this beautiful baby when it's first born, something happens by the time the baby is six months as it gets older to a year. We don't find that we have to teach the baby uh, not to love. We need to teach the baby not to pull toys away, how to share, how to be thankful, and how to love, even when they don't get their own way. And so that shows the nature of man. Even though something might look beautiful and innocent, the nature of man is not that way until We're born again. And we still have a battle of our faith, don't we, Shelley, between our flesh and our spirit? Because our flesh is iniquity.
1: Really. We'd like to look at one of the most important chapters in the Bible, and that is Isaiah 53, which if our Jewish people understood it and asked the Lord to reveal the meaning of it, they would get saved, just like I did in hearing Isaiah 53. But in Isaiah 53 which was written 700 years before Jesus walked the earth, um, God revealed what Jesus would do. Listen to these uh, verses and we'll see how important the issue of sin, iniquity, and transgression is. For example, in Isaiah 53, 5, we read, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities.
2: And we see in verse 6 of Isaiah 53, The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all.
1: All right, now we go to verse 8. For the transgression of my people was he stricken.
2: We see in verse 10, When that thou shalt make his soul, his soul an offering for sin. So we see here, that Jesus made his soul an offering for sin, he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God.
1: Isaiah fifty three verse eleven, for he shall bear their iniquities.
2: Isaiah fifty three twelve, he bare the sin of many, made intercession for the transgressors
1: so we see the foreshadowing of everything that jesus did on the cross was at the time of the day of atonement when the high priest went into the holy of holies again an incredible foreshadowing and we want to encourage you if you come from a gentile background we see the foundation of almost everything that happened uh, in the new covenant right here in the old this laid a foundation so we could understand even more what Jesus did. He came to fulfill, and he sure did, didn't he, Junie?
2: He did, Shelley, but I think we need to clarify here that Jesus didn't um, go to the cross on the Day of Atonement. He went to the cross on the Passover. He became the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So we see it in Passover and the Fall Feasts, and we see here... Uh, excuse me, in the Spring Feast, and we see here in the Fall Feast the Day of Atonement that Jesus became our Atonement.
1: Well, we're going to see that there's going to become a true Day of Atonement for our Jewish people when all Israel shall be saved, when they shall look upon him whom they pierced and mourn for him as an only son. So, in a sense, the foundation for what is yet to happen when Israel repents for their sin and comes into the fullness that God has promised right from the beginning.
2: And we find that in the prophet Zechariah, chapter 12, verse
1: 10. Exactly. All right, let's go to Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity... And, who, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Junie, we're reading these verses, but they're so powerful. And you know, you, we see the, the, the glory of God, the genius of God, how everything was, uh, what can I say? He set the scene for Jesus to come and fulfill all that was written of him in the Hebrew scriptures.
2: And you know, it says we're in his spirit. There is no deceit. That when we are born of the spirit of God, He quickens our spirit. And when we learn how to yield our will to God's will, because in Christ, in the Messiah, there is no deceit, then we can be transformed into his likeness and into his image that we would live, or I should say allow him to live his life in and through us, that we would live the life of the one who was atoned For our sin, he became our atonement.
1: Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the groundwork you laid in the Hebrew Scriptures. Thank you, Lord. And it it had so much credence when Jesus came to the earth. He said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Thank you, Lord. And we see what a glorious fulfillment you are. And I just pray our hearts are full of gratitude more than ever before. Yes, Lord. Understanding what you did willingly that we might come to the realization of who you are. We pray this in Jesus' holy name.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelly and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And